Hello and welcome to the Homegirl Podcast. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I'm so excited to bring to you my first live guest, which is a big deal. I have Sherry Morton here with ShareDrive. She is the Chief OSC, CMO, and co-founder of ShareDrive, which is an amazing organization supporting the home building industry. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about it. But as you guys know on Homegirl, I love to celebrate women in home building, and she's one to watch, guys. This is pretty amazing what she's what she's built over the last few years. So, Sherry, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about ShareDrive, what you do, and you personally, how you got to where you are today and kind of how you started in the industry. Hey, Abby, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be the first. I love being first. Uh, (laughs) And in that theme, ShareDrive is the first outsourcing company for online sales consultants. Um, We are also the first outsourcing online um, or the first outsourcing for OSCs that's also 100% remote. So ShareDrive is um, really focused on doing a lot of the first. And then we're also deeply rooted in technology. Uh, We serve, because we're remote, we serve builders from across the United States. Um, Actually, we've just acquired a couple of uh, Canadian builders. Oh, that's so cool. Um, And I'm working super hard to get this resort in Mexico. So, you know, our goal is to also be international because one of the perks of working remote and understanding how to build a remote company with a remote culture is, you know, it's limitless. You know, the the sky is literally um, open to you and where you want to go. The reason why uh, I started this with my partner is because we are we were both OSCs. We are both OSCs. Um, and I realized that the online sales consultants were being led by people who have never been an online sales consultant, uh, which was very difficult. I mean, can you imagine being asked, and I'm sure a lot of people have, to build and lead something that you haven't done and observed from afar? Um, and then there's also this huge uh, company understanding that like OSCs burned out after, you know, four years, which is a horrible investment. Uh, and nobody was really trying to understand how to manage that. So um, I decided, hey, I have been an online sales consultant for, you know, almost a decade. I understand what this job takes. I understand how to work remotely because as an online sales consultant, I worked remote. I was not in the same state as my builder. Um, I was not in the same state mostly as my customers or my salespeople, but I was the go-to person. It's like, hey, what's going on with this Christmas party? What's going on with this community? What's going on with the event downtown? They would ask me who was like in Kansas when it was in Arizona. <laughs> uh, so I, I understood how to build connection and relationships from afar. And I understand very deeply um, the sales process and what it takes. So we started this company to fill the gap of you know, managing, creating something that I feel only an online sales consultant who actively works in the trenches can truly understand. That's incredible. And I love what you said about building relationships and connections from afar. And I think that that is 
just a testament to like the times that we live in, the accessibility, right, via the internet, right? You could Google anything right now. What's going on? And I can figure out what's going on in Kansas. I never thought about Kansas, but now I'm going to Google Kansas. And all it takes is that like really like scrappy resourcefulness, regardless of location, to be able to really serve well. I think what you guys are doing is genius. Obviously, my background is working for the National Home Builders, where mm -hmm. they always typically had staff for this. Um but I see that, you know, even that has changed so drastically, that role has changed so drastically over the last few years. And the fact that there are these smaller builders out there who need that resource, but maybe don't want to provide uh, internal staffing for it. So that's kind of like the, the niche that you're serving right now, correct? With the smaller right. builders? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, I, I keep getting this question of in this market, does it make sense to outsource an, an online salesperson? And we have a client. Uh, Woodbridge. They serve California and Idaho. Um, and Bradley, who won 40 under 40, got to speak on the digital podcast. And uh, he talked about the majority of their labor force they outsource. And the reason why they do that is so that they can expand and contract very easily. If anybody's a business owner, they understand that turnover is so costly. Yeah. Um, and not understanding how to hire the right people, manage the right people, it just becomes this cost that nobody talks about. Uh, but when you learn how to work with third party people and learn to outsource and how to expand and grow efficiently, I would argue that in this market is the exact reason why you should outsource. Yeah. Because if you need to get more people on your team or take people off, that's my burden. That's not yours. You simply send an email saying, hey, give me the data. This is what I want. I'm going to do it for you. And because I'm an outsourced company, I plan to expand and extract in a responsible way. That doesn't mean, you know, next day I'm just going to fire my people. Like we lost a couple of clients this year. Obviously, I don't like to lose clients, but it's not a big deal to me because like I understand the market will speed up just like a couple of years ago, we had all of our builders like we need more people, we need more people. So um, infrastructure, I plan for that. You know, we don't fire people simply because we end a contract, we put them somewhere else or we give them a paid holiday. You know, everyone in our company has two weeks off until the end of the year so oh. that, you know, we don't have to, I don't want to plant them to different builders and make them learn something and then put them somewhere else. I'm like, you know what, let's just pause. Everybody takes two week off, plan it amongst yourselves. Um, and of course, we've gotten a ton of business, which will result in annual partnerships where I can, you know, put them over there. So internally, I understand how to function that way, yeah. which is a benefit to my clients because they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. What a burden off their shoulders, but still also having somebody who's trained, experienced, even if they are hopping from client to client, right, based on the way your business flows, they... um they get somebody who knows what they're doing in that not having to train, having been a trainer, I know how expensive it is for companies and right. time consuming it is to get that person from a new hire to, you know, a self-reliant super achiever. It takes a lot of time, but through outsourcing, you're able to give them a self-reliant super achiever day one. And yeah. that is gold, my friend. That's gold. <laughs> I love what you're doing. It's so genius. Plus the, for your employees, what a great opportunity, remote work, um, I can't even imagine. I like literally got chills when you said two weeks off for the holidays. Like nobody <laughs> does that in home building. Uh, Taylor Morrison did do one week, I think between Christmas and New Year's where they try to give everybody the time off, but it's hard when you're in a cycle of home building where stuff's happening every day, you know? <clears throat> 
construction sites only shut down for like Christmas, you know, inspectors do come out on the 26th, 27th, 28th. So it's hard to give that grace to employees and home building. And that just warms my heart. So let's take that segue and talk about what is your mission that you are on and how shared drive aligns with your personal mission. Absolutely. My part, I have a lot of personal missions, but <laughs> you know, my, the personal mission I want to talk about today is, um, that understanding about leveraging technology in order to make your business efficient and to augment whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. I have this conversation with builders constantly of, I need more people, you know, could you staff up because we have an in-search of leads. And my conversation always to them is obviously it benefits me to add more people because it's profit. Um, but that's a very short term plan. Um, to a long-term problem. So I always try to leverage technology to say, hey, can we get in a better CRM? Can we look at the augment the automation of your CRM? Are the applications that we can utilize so that instead of putting more people in place, just making the people that currently exist have a more efficient process? You know, and in doing that, it makes the people that work for you happier, more effective, and you're not bulking up people just to get rid of them. And we see this right now where all these big builders are doing a massive fire yeah. and that affects people like that. Is, yeah. And it always happens around the holidays. Like well, you I know and I've, I've heard wind of it over the last couple months and it is, it's terrible. It's around the holidays and it is a, you know, in, part a function of how efficient are we with who we have did we need all of those people right as a manager I know this is going to come across kind of harsh like two years ago when we were in the boom right when it's like hey let's take all the people we're selling all the houses yeah. my first thought was I don't think we need all these people because right. buyers were doing more of the process so in my mind there was a, there was an efficiency happening right I didn't need to do as, as much follow-up to get the sale I didn't need to do x y and z and I even said at that point like are we overstaffed you know, if we're shutting models, if we're cutting down lists and like nobody wanted to hear what I had to say, right? Because big builder world, that's scary. We don't want to think about layoffs, but I felt like there was such a, a lack of efficiency. You know, I said, I think I could take one of like my top salespeople and they could probably run two or three neighborhoods. And it sounds like that's what you're able to accomplish here in a remote environment through this OSC program, which is so genius. It's a remote environment. It's also the understanding how to leverage technology. Yeah. But as a woman, as a mother, as a business owner, I also know other women, other business owners, other moms, and we all suffer from busyness. We all yeah. suffer from inefficiencies. And as a mother, you know, obviously you can't hire staff, but what do you do? You had more time in your day. So as a mother, as a woman, as a business owner, instead of working your average eight to 10 hours, you're looking at women who are doing 12 to 13. And that's essentially what a business does. It's like, okay, you know, there's so many inefficiencies, let's add on people. So now you have a bunch of labor hours doing something because no one has the courage or the discipline to pause and be like, okay, what is our process? Is this efficient? And also the bravery of doing something that could potentially make you fail. Um, I hear this, you know, within myself and a lot of other women of like, well, I just have to do it because, you know, so-and-so does it wrong or things are going to fall apart. And these are kind of stories we tell ourselves. Builders right. do the same thing. They're like, well, yeah. we can't do this because we're too busy. 
These are all stories that they tell themselves over and over again. And they consistently back themselves to into a corner where they have to fire everyone or massively hire people. And because they're in a hurry to hire people, they're like, who cares? Swarm by. Just yeah, take it. whoever. Yeah, yeah. Whoever. Uh, and then they turn around. They're like, why is so-and-so like so inefficient? It's like, because you just hired them because they had a yeah. fault. Like, yeah. You know, whereas technology is predictable. Technology is consistent. Um, and I, that's my mission is to educate the builder of, you know, let's create a more efficient sales process. Let's focus on the customer. Let's stop thinking about like what you want to do within your organization. Like I want the customer to do this. I don't want the customer to do that. Think about what the customer wants and think about how to efficiently deliver that without just throwing money and people at the problem. Yeah. And I think the pause, you said that, and you know, you and I have talked about this before. The pause is a beautiful, wonderful thing that's underutilized in home building. We're like market shift, go, let's do this, let's do this. And a lot of the decisions that we're running with are based on what happened before, right? Sure. So it's like, hey, you know, and even I do this, like, well, when I, you know, was selling during 2009, here's what I did. Well, pause, Abby, today is not the same right. as 2008, 2009, totally different reasons for why the market's shifting, totally different, you know, customer situations, customer stories. Um, so how would I do it differently? So I like to play this game of just because that worked before, is it still the best way to do it today? Right. Most big builders, especially don't want to take that pause to figure it out. It's like, let's just go. It's tried and true. It feels safe, but there's beauty in this pause. Let's test it. Let's see if it works. And if it fails, it fails, but we're going to learn something from it. Right. And what if it works? And I think that's where we need to stop worrying so much. Like what if it doesn't work? There's time loss, there's money loss. Cause what if it does work? What if we do become more efficient? What if we do change the way that we do business? So I was fortunate enough to start many moons ago in home building when there wasn't even really like websites. We didn't have personal computers at work. They weren't issued. So like I went to a sales center that did not have computers. I sold houses without a computer. It was literally going to the office on Monday, get your carbon copy, three layer purchase agreements. We filled them out with pen. You could only use a certain color ink. You had to make sure the customer pressed hard. So it got all the way to that third copy. We had to circle and manually add options. Like there was so much manual work that had to be done in order to get the sale. And we didn't have everything on the internet, right? You couldn't look at a site map online. You couldn't even look at a floor plan online. Like ryanhomes.com was just like ryanhomes.com. We sell houses. Like there wasn't much to it when it first started. And right. over time, you know, we started to put up you know, communities, we started to put up floor plans and it was every step was so nervous. Like, well, what if we share that information and they don't have to come to the models, right? right? Why do we have salespeople? But we learned to adapt. You know, if I freaked out when the first computer came into my office, I'd be like, that's it, I'm fired, a computer's here. You know, like we felt that way, right? But now here we are like 15 years later, still need salespeople, still need OSC. Um, and then we got, we used to have index cards that we had our customer information on. They'd fill them out and we'd alphabetize them like literally A to Z and I love <laughs> office supplies. So I remember going to Staples and getting my first one when I first started selling. And like, yeah. if you had a, if you had a split shop, like they'd give you like their L through Z and you guys would do phonathons. Like there wasn't a CRM, you know, it was truly right. a Rolodex. And, and, you know, then the CRM came on the scene and we're all like, oh, 
job. Big Brother's watching us. And then two years later, we're like, oh, this is kind of amazing, right? right? Like this helps keep me organized. It saves me hours not having to write out my to do's and follow ups and make all these paper notes. And all of these things made us so much more efficient. Right. And it allowed us to do things differently. And I think there's such this fear of technology every time it comes on the scene of like, what is this taking away from me? But I think we need to reframe it. And it's like, what is this giving back to me? And it is giving back time. Because I know when I'd have a customer contract, that was my whole day. Like literally be between circling, adding, writing, and then God forbid they came in and made a change that I had to redo everything. Um, or a change order, which was a whole other thing, but it would be a whole day to write a sale. I could crank out a sale in 30 to 45 minutes right now, present the contract, sign it, everything, not just prep for it. So it's like, what's that time value and that efficiency that we get through technology and how do we embrace it and how do we test it and how do we continue to add it? Maybe in bigger strides. I saw a graph somewhere. I don't know who it was. Um, maybe Kevin Oakley posted it or, or Anya, one of them did. And it was this graph that showed like technology, and technology and home building. It's like, we just haven't quite progressed with the rest of the world. So talk to me a little bit, you know, you've got this great vision of leveraging technology to make everything better. And I love your perspective, like as a mom, you know, me too, like mom growing a business, doing all these things. I'm constantly trying to automate. Um, I love your little like calendar link. Like that's so easy, right? Cause you can go back and forth four or five times to schedule an appointment, but just giving somebody direct access to your calendar so they can see it, they can control it. These little tech things save tons of time. Um, and they do make our lives better. So especially working moms, like how do we automate <laughs> our lives, which could probably be a whole other podcast. But where do you see the future going with all of this? Like, what is, what do you think is next? You know, whether it be share drive, the industry as a whole, or just technology to our advantage to help us get more time with our babies, get more time focused on our business and not just in the work all the time. Right. I think the future is a mind shift of the entire human race, you know, prior to this, we have been meeting our basic needs of like safety love, comfort, okay. as we move forward, and I'm talking about like our children's children, we're moving towards more of an existential um, desire to meet the things like, I, I hate to be controversial, but like, uh, you know, immortality. It's like um, understanding or having every piece of information in the entire world at your fingertips and knowing how to utilize that. Um, when I think about Share Drive, when I think about the building industry, I'm focused on that. And it's funny because I always go back to art imitates life. Life actually imitates art. So when you look at Inspector Gadget, like way back in the day, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he would like pull out his finger and talk on the phone, you know, and he would like pull these things out. And at the time it was like, that's crazy. Like, you know, you would never do that. But now if I challenge anyone to look up an inspector gadget episode and watch it, we are doing exactly that, you know, and then you think about minority report where he pulls up this like big screen and he touches it. We're doing that right now. Wow. And that was like not even 10 years ago. And everyone was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then you think about movies where it's like everybody's surveillance and then social proof is how people are scored. Um, I remember watching a Black Mirror episode about six years ago where I'm like, literally, I thought in my head, that's crazy. We would never do that. We are doing it 
right now. You know, people judge each other on social media. We have cancel culture. We're based on what we see online. We've canceled an entire existence of a person. Um, so in the future, what I am trying to encourage the builder to do is understand that technology is a tool to connect people, to make snap decisions, to um, make a decision about every single thing and every single person very quickly, whether you like that or not, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would encourage, you know, your website is your most trafficked, trafficked, like I don't know how to say that word. Um, it's the biggest traffic generator. <laughs> it's the biggest traffic generator. And it surprises me that people are like, oh my gosh, a $60,000 website is a lot. And then we have to put in content and we have to do the IFP. And I look at the builder and I'm like, so explain to me this model. How much did it cost you to build? And they're like, oh, $350,000. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Over the past year, how many people have walked into that model? They're like, oh, you know, about a lot of people, you know, 1,200. Like you had 16,000 last night on your website. Like, yeah. Oh, what? Are, yeah, that's a that's a mindset shift for sure, right? That's right. So moving forward, I feel like the industry is in for a huge mind shift, whether they like it or not. They have to now think, you know, how are we connecting with people? What type of brand do they have? You know, how quickly can I deliver that message? We have to stop thinking about, you know, the physical world and start thinking about the meta world and how people perceive us. And it's not about buy online or buy now. There is always going to be people who want to touch things, feel things, look at things for themselves, but how they get there is going to be on the internet. Um, And if you don't get that, like that's, that's yeah. going to be hard because that's how we build relationships right now. And as a remote worker, I'm working with people all over the world and I'm doing it very quickly and I'm building bonds. Like I have OSEs that I've never physically met, but I absolutely yeah. love and adore them. We joke, like we talk about our families. You should see our Slack channel. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like yesterday, we talked about like our culture, how we celebrate this holiday. And we talked about, you know, our family life. And I thought to myself, I'm like, 70% of these people have never physically met each other. But oh they- my gosh. I feel like maybe we need another episode, Sherry, where we talk about how to build culture in a remote environment. Because <laughs> I think that's a huge concern of a lot of these companies is, okay, maybe it makes sense on paper, but we don't want to lose that culture that we have, like, how do you still do all that? I think that there's definitely, um, there's something there. Cause I know for, for my organizations that I worked at, both of them required back to work. And in, in the email announcement, it's like in an effort to protect our company culture. And it's like, I don't know if this is helping or hurting your company culture right now. Like I want to challenge this email just cause that's my nature, sure. but, but it does take effort, right? Like for you to build these relationships with your employees, virtually it, it requires it those effort. conversations it takes yeah. effort to build relationships physically yeah. it takes the same amount of effort to build relationships remotely it's just a different way of doing that and when i talk about mind shift my concern is we're so concerned about building relationships within our own organization remotely how are you going to build relationships with your buyers like are your buyers in your office do they live within your city um you know as the world expands everybody knows people are migrating. They're going from one state to another. They're moving countries. Even if they're moving, you know, 15 miles that you still have to reach out to them virtually. 
And if you don't master the art of building a relationship, no matter where people are or how they are, um, you're going to struggle. And we talk about buy online and the sales process. I really want to hyper-focus on next year, educating the builder and experimenting myself about like the omni-channel, the circular sales process, because that is relationship building. And there's an element of technology and not remote, but teleconnection. Like you have to know how to do that within your entire organization from warranty to your design center to your sales like the online salesperson should not be the only person who knows how to build a connection virtually. I 100% agree. And um, when I was working at Ryan Homes, they got really big on the video like communication with, with customers, which I think is invaluable. And they even challenged their production staff to do it. And then when we looked at the reports, at least in the market, I was construction guys were doing better than salespeople. Like they totally embraced it because they loved showing the house. They felt like it kept customers out of their houses, right? Save them a trip, like answer questions, show them, Hey, I found this today. Like if you saw the chart of like videos by salespeople, it was like double for construction. And I love that. I love that concept of everybody utilizing that virtual platform, but then also how do we all stay connected in that? So we know what that customer journey looks like. Um, I could go into like, again, like another 30 minutes about your circular sales process, which I think is genius by the way. Um, but I'm going to leave that as a teaser. So you guys can find Sherry Morton, uh, where should they go to look, look for you and to connect if they have any questions for you, uh, about share drive and how it may benefit them. Hit up our website. Sharedrive.com. You can schedule a meeting with me personally right there. You know, we have our chat. We're OSC. So we're super easy to get in touch with. Yep. And then Sherry also has a newsletter on LinkedIn that I don't know, you know, how much you promote that, but I like it, but she does have an article on there about the circular sales process. What's the name of that uh, monthly newsletter? It's called the Giddy Goat. It's on my LinkedIn. I publish it once a month and I just talk about all things online. Uh, and my goal is to explain, you know, my thoughts on it. And we also have uh, actually this month, David Betcher uh, is going to be a guest where he's talking about data and how to leverage that with your online or your on-site sales team. I love that. So everybody listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Sherry, thank you so much for being my first live guest. It's always very exciting for me for the first two. And I just want to remind everybody, most of my listeners are sales uh, professionals, online sales professionals or leaders. And I want you guys to remember that technology is not here to replace us. It is here to make our jobs better. So use it, get excited about it. Be the leader on your team to embrace these changes. Share what's working and what isn't working so that your builder can make better decisions. And if, you know, if you have an idea, don't be afraid to share it because you are also a consumer. I always think that when my salespeople are buying a house, they end up having the best ideas because they feel the process a little bit more. So make sure you guys are sharing your ideas too, because who knows? I mean, share drive was an idea you had and look what it became. So I want, uh, I want to encourage the ladies out there, you know, go after what you go after that curiosity, go after those ideas. If you think there's a better way to do things and to better serve people, there's probably gold there. So Sherry, you found your gold. You are serving and helping in big ways. And I thank you again for joining. And anything else you want to share with the group before we go? I say be brave. You know, that's where people are successful is taking that um, courageous move, the next step. Just do it.
Yeah, I love it. And I 100% agree. All right. <laughs> bye for now, guys. Cheering you on always.